Hey my friends it's Dr Deepika Krishna and welcome to the special episode of Dr D show Hey I am Dr Deepika Krishna and I'm honored to bring world leaders doctors wellness coach and various information in the field of health and wellness with this podcast I have spent the last 15 years studying the human body, treating, learning, speaking and coaching literally on the top levels on the topics of lifestyle, health, immunity, mindfulness and much more. My goal is inspired by my own personal journey and my mission which is to help you and my audience live love thrive which is to feel more vibrant, more healthier, more confident in every area of your life If you like today's episode click a screenshot share it on Instagram and tag me at Dr Deepika Krishna so that I can see you and give you a shout out or send a hi If you want to go to another level of your health through lifestyle modification and holistic approaches then book a one to one session with me or our expert team of doctors and nutritionists only on www.immunosciences.in It's time to level up my friend and reset your health to the next level and find your authentic awesome self and health again So go click on www.immunosciences.in and let us support you in your health and wellness journey. Now without further delay let's jump straight into today's episode. We are super duper excited to invite our guest today. A lot of you already know him prior and he is really popular in uh, his field of breathing and yoga and everything. and i'm sure a lot of you have already got the clue and hint of it so yes we have today none other than uh, neeraj nayak so let's start to the very uh, catchy subject which you always speak about is the inner pharmacy could you throw some more light on this uh, you know inner pharmacy it's a very interesting term indeed so basically we really do have in my belief the ability to create our own medicines and pretty much all of the medicines exist in nature we have the ability to to create them if we know how to do it and this is something that our ancient ancestors uh figured out and the reason why and this is a legend talked about in uh the rigveda about soma the legend of soma so Not many people are probably aware of this um story but it's I would say is one of the most important stories of all religious kind of manuscripts and texts and and it's the story of when humans were addicted or the rishis the ancient rishis who were like the gods of the time uh if you imagine thousands of years ago on this planet there was just not as many humans but humans were like gods they lived for long you know very long periods of time and yeah. they lived in harmony with nature and all this stuff however they were very addicted to a a, a substance called soma an external substance no one quite knows what it is actually like there's theories but nobody can really say what it is but what what it was supposed to do was give you immortality it would make you superhuman it would give you divine connection to you know to the spirit world and through this the rishis would divine all this wisdom and knowledge that would uh help you know create civilization however they were so addicted to this that their whole life depended on it and revolved around taking it and one day the soma runs out something happens to soma and all of the rishis freak out because they're so addicted to it and because of this addiction they they're like literally freaking out like an addict a drug addict freaks out when they don't get their fix so they all decide they must go inward to create the soma within because 
it's the only way that they could survive, you know, and break, break through this addiction. So that's when they discovered uh, these tantric yoga practices, which formed then the foundations of uh, yoga, as we know today, Ayurveda, and um, pranayama and all these like meditation techniques and all this stuff the roots was from this legend of soma when humans were trying to become self-sufficient and this is very similar like we talk about the analogy today if you imagine humans are now so addicted to prescription medications recreational drugs uh, the tv entertainment mindless things distractions uh, that makes them dependent on other things for their happiness. Right now, we've given up all of our power to the governments, to the scientists, to the media to tell us what to do in this crazy situation we're in. Okay, we've given up all of our power, and all they're talking about is stuff that you need to take in order to solve this problem. Whereas, through learning tantric yoga techniques, uh, you can actually tap in to the inner world, the inner pharmacy. Basically, over the years, um, actually since the 70s, there was a, a yogi called Swami Rama. He went, to, he went to America and actually they did experiments with him, similar like this. And he showed how you can slow your heart rate right down. He, he showed how you can change your uh, body temperature on your hands, either side, and all kinds of amazing stuff he showed. That's possible. He even like, you know, showed immunity against uh, uh, viruses, bacteria and things like that. So this like was the first documented case. And then over the years, other yogis have demonstrated things and shown what's possible, um, you know, by tapping into the autonomic nervous system. But they never got taken that seriously by the mainstream. And it was also a guy called Wim Hof who came um, oh, yes. recently quite famous. He's a very close friend of mine. He also did all these amazing techniques um, and he showed what's possible. And it's a trainable skill. It's not like he has any magic powers. It's not like Swami Rama has magic powers. You know, I don't have any magic powers. This is a trainable thing. I can teach you how to do this. But I healed myself from an autoimmune disease that was considered incurable using the principles of Ayurveda, Pranayama and Yoga. Okay, I know that this stuff works, but you have to understand it with the right context. The mainstream yoga, unfortunately, has devolved into the wrong practice. It's not, it's gone way off the original traditional route. So that's why I love Prakash Maharaj, because he goes back to the original teachings. Pranayama is the core foundational practice for tapping into the autonomic nervous system and pranayama should never be separate from from asana they go together hand in hand and actually raja yoga part of raja yoga has a strong emphasis on the breath and the asana together and the using breath control to really go deep into the the yogic uh, like asanas and poses and postures to create strength and resilience to stress the original traditional yoga it differs from our conventional wisdom or the i don't i don't call it wisdom it's more like the misconceptions in science that we have today mm -hmm. and this is the understanding of oxygen the role of oxygen in the body so the simple process of making energy in the body you breathe in oxygen oxygen goes in to the mitochondria and it burns like a fire to produce ATP, light energy, that actually a light energy, that's why we are light beings. Every single cell communicates through ATP, photonic energy. That's we are literally why we are light beings, beings of light. And, uh, and it produces carbon dioxide, okay, and water as um, other products of respiration. So oxygen is essential for producing energy in the body. Okay, now here's the paradox. There's a paradox. Helmut Sees is the guy who uh, is a scientist who coined the term oxidative stress. Yeah. Okay, and he said, although it is impossible for us to live 
uh, without oxygen, like, you know, we'll die within a, several minutes of not breathing. It's also very difficult for us to live with oxygen because of oxidative stress. Oxygen corrodes, it's corrosive, okay? It, it burns things, all right? You look at metal, you know, when you leave it, like your car, it rusts, you know? Oxidization as a process is a combusting kind of process. So, literally, we have like a fire going on inside ourselves. And too much oxygen, the fire burns too bright. Too little oxygen, the fire doesn't burn at all. So you need the right balance. And the more efficient we can be at using oxygen, the less oxygen we need. It means the less we need to breathe over time. What it means then is that actually we protect ourselves from oxidative stress and we can expand our life. And this is why in pranayama, the most revered technique, I think, is called kumbhaka, breath retention. And when you do kumbhaka, breath retention in a certain way, and you can kumbhaka. hold your breath, kumbhaka, yeah, long enough, you can bring your blood oxygen levels down and you trigger this state called intermittent hypoxia. Uh -huh. And in this very low oxygen state, what happens is you actually wake up stem cells, endogenous stem cells, uh, the certain cells, very, very small embryonic-like stem cells, which basically have the power to turn into any other cell in the body. Yeah. And we initiate these cells into function. And I believe that's what leads to lowering inflammation, growing new blood vessels, new tissue cells, increasing strength, stamina. That's very yeah. interesting the way you have, you know, attached and explained us how scientifically it works and also starting with the story which was a truth in India at some point and mm. comparing it with the attitude that yes, you know, whenever, in fact, I have experienced with myself that whenever we go to uh, a higher attitude phase, uh, like things like Himalayas or Valais, uh, Latas, and you come back, you feel that you are bloating with oxygen and energy. Yes, yes that happens, practically it happens. And uh, yes. uh, I really like the you know, concept which you have explained that how uh, a situation in hypoxia aggravates your uh, MTP production, it aggravates the mitochondria, you know, your energy, your uh, stem cell production starts happening, I mean, which is fabulous. And uh, yes, we have a lot of scientific proof as well that uh, which proves like these stages are a fact and uh, people do take out a maximum benefit following the right steps, which was yes. a wonderful insight and very well scientifically explained as well. So, I'll, you know, I had this question in my mind that you chose the word Soma, which also in India is the meaning of Amrit. You know, yes. Amrit is the other word of Soma. So, uh, was this the only purpose to choose this name or, you know, what, what motivated you to choose this name? So, there is a ritual, the Soma ritual, which is the one which brings you into these altered states conscious where you can speak to the God, to the Divine, yeah. right? And <laughs> through my research, I, I believe that certain, uh, these tantric yoga practices, mm -hmm. which... Um, takes you into deeper, deeper states of hypoxia, right? I believe you wake up the soma within, which yeah. is the amrit, and it can give you this divine connection, right? And whenever I've done these big, powerful soma breathwork workshops with large groups of people, um, a lot of people come back telling me they, feel this, they felt like they spoke to God. You know, they feel like for the first time they had uh, connection with the divine and spirit to spoke to them and what I believe is that that what these yogis were trying to do the rishis they were trying to recreate what this substance in nature would that the soma in nature would do which is to create these tryptamines or these um, feel-good hormones like dopamine dimethyltryptamine um, and we don't have like the same kind of DMT that exists in plants in nature, but we have this endogenous version of it. And I believe that when you get into lower, lower environment, oxygen environments, okay, you start to wake up these tryptamines. You basically invoke a state that is like a near death kind of state. It's like 
tricking your brain to thinking that you're you're dead almost right yeah, and yeah. and what happens is your body releases at that point large quantities of um these tryptamines and you not obviously no damage is being done no, no harm is being caused and actually we did a science study with um uh, there's a neuroscientist who took some uh, group of people and they used our 22 minute soma session <laughs> which they found had the same it created the same changes in the brain as a, um, a therapeutic dose of psilocybin magic mushrooms so what it did was it brings down the activity of the default mode network okay the default mode network is the area of the brain associated with ego the sense of self it's yeah. the part of the brain that judges others it judges yourself it Absolutely. it worries about the future it, it gets hung up on things in the past and all it cares about is your survival it's what it's what it cares about your status so that quietens down yeah and what it does is it creates a gamma frequency mm -hmm. um over the the brain which is associated with uh accelerated learning and uh ability to learn new things and uh also uh heightened states of inspiration yeah. this was just in a 22 minute session so what i believe though when you do our longer sessions you go into even more deeper states and what we use with our therapists is a powerful hypnotic language and guided meditation to take people into these incredibly profound states of consciousness where they can transform and reprogram the default mode network the ego and i believe disease resides in the ego okay that's where it comes from so our character holds on to a disease for a purpose and that usually the reason it holds on to it is because it gives you a sense of status or significance mm -hmm. or it's an excuse to cop out the system okay there's certain reasons like that that i and i also believe it's um where you hold on to certain emotions like guilt and fear or hatred hatred is one of the worst where you yeah. full of hate when you hold on to hate for a long period of time and that's your personality then it manifests as a sickness a disease because your cells actually the default state of your cells is love is connection is cooperation in fact that's how all your cells come together and connect and form your your body or they live in harmony and then we have a gut microbiome yeah. and that gut microbiome also lives in harmony with every other cell in the body so when you're full of hate and fear and anger and all these negative emotions and you hold on to them for too long you don't deal with them you don't resolve them then fear then disease manifests you know i learned that while watching your videos and everything that you yeah. come up with very creative music with just things with the, and how do you do that i mean where do you get the inspiration of these kind of music and and the entire you know uh, the picturization which is fabulous um, uh, how did you come to these beats and does it also have some kind of connection with the breathing um, you know the soma breathing or yeah explain something more about the music and why did you choose these music so um i my big passion's always been music i'm a music producer and okay. actually when i was younger i ran like big raves like we're talking 2000 people uh events every year uh, every month for three years and mm -hmm. i actually never intended to be a um pharmacist I, i wanted to to go into music and be a dj which was a crazy thing but then what happened was i ended up going um one thing led to another i ended up becoming a pharmacist but i'd lost through going into that career my music passion got lost and i also tried to get involved in the music industry and i actually had a friend who's a quite famous um had a unfortunately he's died now but he had a he produced some of the best bands in the uk he's an indian guy actually and he actually encouraged me to not get into the music industry because it lost its meaning it lost its it's become too commercial it was like a dark energy it was the lyrics and the people and the what they were doing to artists was not a world i wanted to be in to be honest and he said look get in do something with your passion for health and and helping people 
because I was seeing so many problems in the pharmaceutical industry and I wanted to do something about that. So he encouraged me to get into that. But he loved my music. He thought my music was really good. But um, what happened was when I was going through my healing journey, I started to listen to a lot of uh, music on YouTube with guided meditations. And then I started to study like uh, some of the Indian ragas and the classical music. And what I did was I took inspiration from that. And I realized something in pranayama, um, there's one technique called Savitri Pranayama, which is about rhythm, by using the rhythm to change your state, all right? And using certain breath rhythms where you breathe to a beat, breathing in for a, a number of seconds, breathing out for a number. So one example, if you breathe out, double the, the length of time as you breathe in, okay? Mm -hmm. If you breathe in for four, out for eight, or in for two, out for four, you switch on the parasympathetic nervous system. And when you do it with music, you can actually make it very easy. You can have music that has a beat and you can layer the guidance. So it's perfectly in time with the music. So that became the foundation of Soma. And what I realized that with faster rhythms, you can get into these very heightened energetic states. So we, I started to design musical journeys with the breath and holding your breath to get into meditative states. And I created my own um, sequences like this. And when I started to do this uh, with groups of people, I, I'm living in Thailand right now. We started doing it on the beach with like four or five people. Within a few months, I was doing it with 300 people in a big yoga center. And it, it, then I ended up going around the world doing these massive spiritual um, kind of uh, ceremonies with music and breath combined. And, you had people from all walks of life, different religions, different colors, different faiths, you know, atheists, scientists, um, people into, uh, you know, pranayama, into all, basically all different types of people all coming together and all having almost the same profound experiences wow. without any of the dogma, any judgment, any religion. It was like they were feeling they were talking to the universe. And everyone came together during these experiences as one, without the judgment. And it was an amazing way to help build a community. So I made a, a, a practice. We call it the Soma Awakening. Mm -hmm. And then I started to put that into a sequence uh, into 21 days, uh, which would follow this intermittent hypoxic protocol that these okay. Russian scientists had developed. And this would give you a daily dose of intermittent hypoxia using the breath retention. Mm -hmm. uh, also giving you all these other beautiful benefits, you know, of this divine connection and all that. Yeah. And, but it would follow a specific dose. So in 21 days, we were getting incredible results. We had people who were getting their eyesight back, people who, who had to wear thick contacts, you know, very powerful contacts who didn't need to wear contacts anymore oh, that's we had people reversing like certain degenerative diseases we had people with colitis like i had fixing that you know we had people who were depressed finding their new purpose in life but and so many different things <laughs> why not you know more or less is there something you know something uh, also behind this uh doing it for 21 days so the 21 days follows a specific protocol from intermittent hypoxia training, where you, you deliver a, a, a gradually increasing dose each week. Okay. And you end up doing like hour long sessions on the last week, it's very intense. And then after the 21 days, you just do our daily dose, right? Which is like a thing, you, a maintenance you do every day. The 21 days is, is a great length of time. It's easy for people to, to follow. Um, it's also enough time to get the benefits that we're talking about. And it's also enough time to create a habit. Yeah. So we need, we need time to get into a routine. This gives enough time to give people healthy habits that last for the rest of their life. Yeah. I absolutely loved your music and the way you created it. And you have absolutely put it very well together that yes, music does a major work in uh, in our mind in our nerves and everything and connecting the breath work with uh, with the right kind of music is something very good and 
also you know uh, the young generation as well maybe when they also like these kind of uh, nice music with the rituals which yes. to a perfect platform so i really love that idea and the concept and the great thing is uh, you don't need to take any drugs you don't need to drink alcohol absolutely to have a good time people get the same benefits or more by just the breath it's amazing exactly. and you know and the uh, which you described the stage of flow which is you know transient hypofrontality where your entire guilt fear everything just closes and you know uh, your breath work or the thing which you are into uh, in creativity breath work running they all bring you to that particular stage which is which does wonders again so i love yes. that we read about uh, your story of ulcerative colitis and you know how you converted to from a pharmacist to uh, a full time uh, holistic health worker could you throw some light uh, on your journey about your ulcerative colitis and what brought you here to the holistic healing yes yeah, certainly uh, so ulcerative colitis i think it's quite a big problem in india as well is where you get ulcers in your colon and basically you bleed from your backside like up to 40 50 times a day it's full of mucus you lose a lot of weight it's hard to retain food because it just goes straight through you and uh you know it's considered incurable without and you need to take drugs or have your surgery to have your colon removed <laughs> pretty much you know drugs for the rest of your life Now I think that um that's not true. I think that there is a solution for this. And I believe that most people, I'm not saying everyone, but most majority of people uh can resolve this and go into remission if they follow a a, a lifestyle uh protocol that fixes yeah. it. Okay? Now I'm not somebody who's fully against drugs, okay? I believe in the Ayurvedic principle of first do no harm. And I also believe in in Ayurveda that there is a place for medication. So in some cases if the inflammation is so bad uh that it you're going to basically bleed to death. Then yeah. you need certain drugs to so- solve that problem. It works. Or mm-hmm. you know steroids can bring down the inflammation a little bit. But in order to really solve the problem you have to get off those drugs and you have to change your lifestyle and that as i said it all comes down to changing your personality your character that's holding on to this disease and understanding why did you get it in the first place so uh the cause is important now <coughs> according to the ayurvedic system all chronic diseases okay um so there's difference between chronic and acute acute is like where you get like a bacterial infection and um it ravages your body and you need like antibiotics things like that right now um chronic disease is a different thing altogether and this is a disease that can take a several years to That's develop but then it lasts for a long time and it tends to start to affect every organ in your body now uh in a ayurvedic system a chronic disease is basically fear uh and negative emotions uh that have not been resolved that basically creates a spiritual or energetic disturbance in the body that's one reason mm-hmm. also another cause could be a past life or genetical um issue which can also be resolved but you have to go down into a an unconscious level to solve this and the same thing it comes down to working on the the character and the personality of the person and you need the right kind of foods that actually stops excess gas forming in the bowels you need to repopulate the the gut microbiome with healthy microbes so actually there is actually um one ingredient this is the most re- actually one of the most revered mm-hmm. medicines in ayurveda but it's been disregarded it's been ignored Okay and I had I learned this by accident um and I was so 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 like grateful that I discovered this yeah. and that is colostrum so colostrum colostrum is the first milk yeah that um you consume it's the first food you ever consume and what it does is it goes in and it lines the gut 
yeah. and it, it, it helps you digest normal food. Yeah. It also gives you your immune system and it promotes the growth of good bacteria. And actually cow colostrum, bovine colostrum, is thousand times more potent than human colostrum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the cows also make an excess of this colostrum. So the farmers would take the excess of that and they would use it to make like holy sweets, like penda. Yes. And, um, you know, some of the Indian yeah, holy sweets. Ever, ever also is the same, you know, format. It's made of colostrum. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the reasons why cows are considered holy is because of the colostrum. So I started taking it, I'm not kidding, it was the most powerful uh, thing that I did to get the symptoms down. I believe that this is one of the missing ingredients, that if, if we could solve a lot of health problems by giving people small doses of colostrum. Can you tell me something about, you know, immunity and immune system and how does breathing help in enhancing the immunity? Okay, so principle is that when you breathe in, you stimulate the sympathetic nervous system. When you breathe out, you stimulate the parasympathetic. Okay? So, and that's why when you breathe in different rhythms, where you extend your exhalation or extend your inhalation, you, you actually switch on uh, each of the sides of the nervous system, depending on what you want. So, so basically, with your breath, you can control the autonomic nervous system, okay? Now, here's the thing. So, the immune system, the whole point of it is that it, like, it's like it clears the body of any invaders that, um, before they can get into too big a number where they cause infection. They're, they're, it's like, its job is to clear out junk from the body. And also we have a thing called the lymphatic drainage system, which can only move uh, when you move. So it doesn't have a pump like your, your blood does. So basically exercise and yoga, asana and all that's all designed to help you clear out the lymphatic system, which is also a core part of the immune system. Okay. Now, um, here are the things that affect your immune system. Now, uh, what happens is that when you're under stress, okay, and remember emotional stress like worry about the past or the future also triggers your sympathetic nervous system. You go into fight or flight mode. When you go into fight or flight mode, it's different than positive stress. So when you're playing a game, a competitive game, and you're loving the game, or you are um, having sex or something like that, or you're doing intense exercise, it's a different kind of stress response. That's a positive stress response. You produce adrenaline and something called DHEA, which is an expander, it expands your blood vessels. Mm -hmm. But um, when you're under negative stress, you go into like fear mode, you go into defense, defense mode, right? And defense mode, uh, what it does is it shuts off the um, blood supply to, to, to uh, certain organs like your digestive system that, that may not be um, needed at that moment because you're trying to defend and what happens then is your cellular function the production of energy starts to get affected and your body goes into defense mode and this affects the cells the cells instead of thriving they just go into survival mm -hmm. and and then your immune system also gets confused as well so either it um it can become super overactive and you get inflammation or it, it isn't active in anymore and it's not able to do its job of clearing out junk and then diseases can pro proliferate germs can proliferate <laughs> now here's another thing with your immune system uh so emotions like fear obviously shuts down the immune system over time Another thing is that over-protection can also sh affect your immune system. So there's this idea of germ theory, okay? And Louis Pasteur, who came up with germ theory, actually refuted it and said that it was wrong. Okay, he says it's the terrain 
that causes disease. So you have to, it's not germs itself. Germs are opportunistic and they, if there is nothing for it to feed on, it won't, it won't cause a disease. So if you clear the terrain, if you make your, if you, that's what I mean, like regular exercise, doing things like saunas, eating healthily, eating the right food, not junk food full of chemicals and sugar and things like that, that feeds disease. If you are living a life passion rather than one of stress, all of these things, okay, what it does is it, it keeps your terrain clear. And, and your immune system also, it needs a little bit of germs. It, 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 what it does, when you have a bit of germs, it produces antibodies in response to it. And then you create natural immunity. So you may have heard this whole term about herd Well, if you look at Sweden, for example, they, they got it right. They didn't do a lockdown. <coughs> Japan, they didn't do any lockdowns. And now they have herd immunity. It means they, they're not good. When, then, when the infection comes back, uh, the, the, the threat comes back, they're going to be protected. But all the countries have gone into crazy lockdown. What they've done is they and now they're encouraging everyone to wash their hands hundred times a day and, and do all these things. What it's doing is, is it's stopping your own immune system from becoming stronger. Right? And it's now what's going to happen is when it, when everyone comes out of lockdown, they're not going to have that natural immunity. And that's going to cause more disease and outbreaks. And then they're going to, governments are going to be stupid enough to put everyone back into lockdown. So it's madness what's going on in the world. It's firstly, they're pushing fear on everyone. They're doing crazy policies like lockdowns. They're taking, they've destroyed the economy, so even more stress and fear. All of this is, seems to be designed to make us more susceptible to disease, not prevent disease. So they're doing extreme crime against humanity, in my opinion. It needs to be checked out. We need to wake up. What's going on. And look at the countries that are doing a good job. Japan, Sweden, the countries that don't um, uh, uh, have these crazy rules are doing way better than the ones that are having the, great, the lockdown rules. Children, they should be exposed to a little bit of germs. You know, they shouldn't be super protected all the time because that's what causes the problems for immune system. The immune system thrives off a little bit of germs. The other thing is, if you don't give it the building blocks, the nutrients as well, then you're also going to cause the problem. So we already um, have a big problem as well of poverty, famine, and not enough nutrients, and, and, the, and overconsumption of bad foods. Uh, that's actually, that, that is what causes disease, poor sanitation, poor uh, nutrition and all of these things. So I believe that when you make, if you clear the terrain and you make, uh, support the immune system, immuno, immune support is way better than trying to use drugs or, uh, yeah. you know, like disinfectants all the time and all these treatments. Those things are for last resorts. We have a lot of kids as well who come and we, whenever we are checking on their immunity, uh, when uh, these kids, when they are born and while they're growing up, they have uh, kept in absolutely spick and span uh, atmosphere, no dust, nothing at all. So yes, what, now when they are 10 years, 15 years, they are having a lot of gut issues, they're having a lot of immunity issues. So, which is again a reason, like you said, that you know, uh, too much protection because immunity is something which is built. Again, it is like you know, kind of a training, a kind of a building which you can do gradually. And uh, yes. I love that you mentioned that you know, uh, food uh, detoxifying regularly and eating healthy food is uh, a part of immunity uh, rather than you know just eating anything mindlessly. And, you know, that's why we have, a, you know, the company which we have recently introduced, which comes up with the bestest quality of the supplements, just because, because, you right. know, our food does not provide all kind of nutrition. And a lot of time we don't eat everything. So, yes, taking exactly. that in mind, we have come up with our um, nice. brand new company. 
uh, which is immunosciences and you know we have nice products from it you know, starting from you know vegan protein to you know um, uh, herbal supplements to whatever is available in nature but we are not having it in our regular basis so yeah that was the idea and uh, we are getting huge results uh actually you know the indian diet um is one of the best for your health overall you know so we naturally the problem with the modern modernized indian diet is that there's a lot of reliance now on consumption of factory based foods yeah. foods that are manufactured um in a in a you know through machines and the natural healthy whole foods from india is very very healthy uh but there's also a big reliance on wheat and refined sugars and carbs but if you take away that if you take away all the rotis the breads and you go to the original kind of indian diet you know the curries lots of vegetables filled with turmeric spices cloves uh, chilies garlic um you know ginger basically it provides all of the things you need to build a healthy immune system already i am a huge believer in the the wisdom that we have in india so india is somewhere where there's we're talking thousands and thousands of years of documented wisdom which Absolutely. modern science all is doing is proving what we knew thousands of years ago that's all it's doing so needed what is the difference between soma and the regular meditation or the regular breath work great question so let's define what meditation really means in my opinion meditation is the act of focusing on one thing at a time okay so our brain gets sensory overload it gets absorbed so much information throughout the day and we end up doing multitasking a lot and also our mind is going uh the verbal part the speaking part of the mind is is going round and round and it's filled with thoughts of the past and the future okay so meditation really what what it helps to do is it helps you to focus on something else other than all the thoughts going on in your head and all the other distractions it makes you tune in to one thing and actually your neocortex loves single focus so there are many different meditation techniques for different uses okay so but the primary principle is what i just said so um when you speak a lot in your mind even just speaking out loud or internally that verbal part of the mind creates stress it creates a sympathetic nervous system response and that puts tension in the body okay it creates tension and what i believe meditation's like is like a defrag switch for your computer for your hard drive your operating system of your mind just like when your computer gets cluttered it gets tense and everything freezes up you need to defrag it and it clears the files and it runs smoother again i believe meditation is a way to also do that it's like a defrag for your mind but what it also is is a way to train you to be really good at focusing on one thing mm-hmm. and wisdom tells us if you look at all of the great geniuses in the world their one thing unique thing is that they became a master of something and they really good at just going deep on one thing and becoming the best in the world at it and i believe you can be the best at anything you want as long as you focus your attention on that one thing so i've become really good at this right i've become world renowned for this just because i've dedicated my my entire life now to doing it for the last 10 years i do believe in this like 10 year rule as well you put in a lot of effort into one thing it really pays itself off and you can become the best in the world at something and i believe with meditation we can become the masters of things all right we can become the master of shutting off the mind the verbal part of the mind and then get an entry into states of bliss releasing tension why do we want to do that because tension for example 
which is the opposite of being in flow, right? When you're tense and nervous, um, and literally as just thinking does that, uh, literally you shut off blood, you prevent blood supply to your muscles and joints. Okay, right. you get diminished blood flow. Right. And one of the best ways to start initiating healing is to get your blood circulation flowing properly. So when you meditate and you, you turn off the speaking part of the mind, tension reduces. Mm -hmm. And actually blood starts to flow more efficiently around the body. And that in itself can be very healing and rejuvenating. And so that's one of the big uh, focuses for Soma breath. Is Soma good to do alone or can one do it in groups as well? So yes, so it's a powerful practice as a group. So as our thing revolves around rhythmic breathing, breathing in a rhythm. So what they found this scientist called heart math is that when you breathe in sync with each other, it creates this phenomenon called collective coherence where the electromagnetic fields of everybody in the room connects and amplifies. Mm. And this is a coherent state where you're, you create a harmony in your nervous system. So here's the thing, every single function in your body has a rhythm to it. Ultradian rhythm, infradian rhythm, circadian rhythm. So, but every rhythm is subservient to the rhythm of your breath. There's an amazing doctor in India called Dr. B.M. Hegday. He's like my guru. I really, really like a big follower of his stuff. He's a top real renegade doctor. He speaks out a lot on um, different subjects. And he says this thing that when you breathe in rhythm, you can actually create a harmony with all of the other functions of your, your, your body. And when you do it in a group, you create a harmony between each other. And actually this radiance, this like, this positive vibe that you create, it rubs off. So when those people go out into the world and they, and they meet somebody who hasn't done the technique, it mm -hmm. rubs onto them and they feel it too. And they feel that energy and it creates a positive vibe. This has been studied by these scientists. It's amazing. It's a phenomenon of collective coherence. So we really encourage these group practices where everyone's breathing in a rhythm together. Um, it's one of the core group practices that we do. And the music makes it easy, effortless, it's more fun. And actually the group practice is a really, really amazing way to create community. Neeraj, we are living in the midst of the pandemic and there is a lot of negativity, depression, and people are feeling very low uh, during this stage. Could you share some exercises which one can practice at home and can get some benefit uh, out of it? The best method to relieve stress like that is the extended exhalation. Uh -huh. Is to one of the easiest ways is to just chant Om. Om, because uh -huh. as I said, when you breathe out, you stimulate parasympathetic nervous system. You want to switch on that to calm the nervous system down. Okay. But what I, the way you would do it is like this. You take, like, say, five rhythmic breaths, full, deep okay. yogic breaths, okay? So okay. put your right hand on your chest, left hand on your belly to make sure you're doing diaphragmic breathing. Okay. So first, when you breathe in, observe which hand rises first, okay? So you always must breathe through your nose, okay? Your nose is the secret. Mouth breathing is bad. You can exhale... Ex exhale through your mouth mm -hmm. and for this technique you can exhale through your mouth but n breathing in through your nose should be the habit for life okay? okay 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 so so when you breathe in just observe which hand goes up first so you want your your abdominal um your, your abdomen to be rising first your belly basically yeah, that's the right then way. your chest yeah okay. actually your your lungs are in your back so you want to imagine your your diet inflating like this mm -hmm. lower back and then you're into your chest like that so you're not just sticking out your belly you're actually breathing in fully okay okay and then mm -hmm. you breathe out slowly and as you get to the end of your exhale breathe in slowly again now hold 
And now imagine you're breathing out through a small straw. Very slowly exhale. I like that. And you do it really slowly, like take as long as you can to exhale, okay? Uh -huh. So you do a few rhythmic breaths, like five to ten rhythmic breaths. You'll start to feel a little bit of a charge. Then you just extend your exhale very, 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 very slowly. Okay? Mm -hmm. And or you can chant Aum. You can do this. Aum. And actually, when you're doing Aum, it's three syllables. The first one is Ah. Ah. And you bring your awareness to your digestive glands and your um, sex, basically. This is Brahma. Ah, the syllable of Brahma is the god of creation, so it's all of the creative glands, sex uh -huh. and digestion, right? Uh, and you can feel the vibration going down there as you make that tone. That vibration creates an out ultrasound frequency that stimulates the endocrine glands and help wakes them up, basically. It gets them to work. So uh, the second syllable is Vishnu. Ooh. Vishnu is the god of maintenance. Ooh, okay, ooh. Ooh, Vishnu. Vishnu is the god of preservation, maintenance. So, thymus gland and your heart, they're the glands that, the um, organ that basically maintains life, the, the rhythm of life. The thymus gland is your immune system. Mm -hmm. So, when you're going, ooh, bring your awareness there, ooh. And then, mmm, humming, mmm. This is Mahesha or Shivam. Shivam. That hum stimulates the master glands. M for master, which is your pituitary and your pineal gland. And they regulate consciousness and all of the other glands. So you'd go like this. Ah. Uh, Then do another few rhythmic breaths and repeat, and you'll just feel super calm after that. Right? Yeah. That's, the, that's the simplest way to start to calm the nervous system. What I also like is the very short, slow exhale. So, breathing out through a straw. What this really does is it stimulates nitric oxide. Okay? And nitric oxide is a powerful healer. It's got mm -hmm. antiviral properties. It's a vasodilator. Bronchodilates, if you suffer from asthma, it can help with that, relieving asthma when you do this long exhalations, okay? But then, there are, that's like a, a quick technique. You can do that during the day as well. Like the way you have explained, you know, uh, and also spoken about the Vishnu and the Shiva, you know, which a lot of us don't know. I mean, you know, all these kind of things are very inspiring itself. And the way you are explaining that, you know, leave the breath blow out like you're breathing for breathing out from the straw which is actually uh, making sense and very easy for one to do because you know yeah. these tiny uh, things we tend to miss and that's why we don't know what is the right breathing technique the next technique is where you generate intermittent hypoxia where you're holding your breath okay and this is kumbhaka now as I was saying so when you breathe in Actually, what happens first is the oxygen gets stuck to red blood cells, hemoglobin. And in order for the oxygen to leave your red blood cells and go to where it needs to go into the muscles and the tissues, you need the right concentration of carbon dioxide. And it's called the Bohr effect. If you don't have enough carbon dioxide, the oxygen stays stuck on your red blood cells. When you're over-breathing, when you're breathing out a lot of carbon dioxide, like I'm talking right now, you start to get lightheaded. The reason why you get lightheaded is because the oxygen is getting stuck to your red blood cells. It's not going to where it needs to go. Okay, and you start to feel like you need to breathe. <laughs> okay, especially talking, you're constantly breathing out carbon dioxide. Yeah. So when you breathe out, you breathe out carbon dioxide. So actually, slowing the breathing right down allows the balance to go back to normal. And it calms down the 
the, um, the speaking part of the mind as well, and it calms the nervous system down. And what it also does then is allows oxygen then to come off the red blood cells and go to where it needs to go. Otherwise, it causes oxidation, oxidative distress, by having too much red blood, uh, oxygen bound to red blood cells. Mm. Now, when you do the breath retention techniques, you can allow the oxygen to come off at a dramatic rate and go into the, the cells and flood your body, uh, your tissue cells with oxygen. So the principles of this is what you're doing is you're doing rhythmic breathing or it's called bastrika, um, faster rhythmic breathing. So you, you're breathing in a rhythm and we usually use a beat, a rhythm. And we use music usually to do it. Okay. I'll just teach you the technique simply right now. So you, just yeah. like what we did before, you're breathing in. Letting go in the exhale. So keep doing that yourself. Keep rhythm in and out. Just letting go in the exhale with no force. So what you'll find now is after about 10 to 15, keep doing it. Yeah. Keep, keep breathing in rhythm. You'll start to get some tingly sensations. You might even feel a little bit lightheaded. But keep breathing. Keep doing that rhythm. I'm going to count down in a minute. So we'll start count. So 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, Four, three, two, one. Now breathe fully in and breathe all the air out, fully out. And as you breathe all the air out, hold your breath and let your head drop forward. Let your head drop forward, let your chin go towards your chest and you create an energy lock. Just relax all the muscles in your body. <coughs> you can relax your hands as well, your arms. You can let them just drop and just hold your breath. And when you get that first urge to breathe, count down in your head from 10 to zero. And then you'll get this rush sensation. When you start to feel this adrenaline rush building up, Take a deep inhalation and hold your breath in for 20 to 30 seconds. Take a deep breath in, hold your breath for about 30 seconds, and then exhale with an arm. Wow. How's that feel? It was, it was surreal. It was beautiful. And nice. I, you know, like you said, I was feeling lightheaded after we did the fast breathing technique. It was, and mm. then you know, grasping the oxygen again. It was kind of healing inside. And uh, yes, I mean, uh, chanting Om was creating a vibration in all the chakras, which was uh, very nice. So I think it was all together, uh, you know, kind of a loop, which was nice. Uh, very nice. I mean, yeah, it, it was wonderful. Beautiful. So this is what we do in soma, or is there something else? Yeah. So this is this is a the I call the awakening technique, and the protocol is designed to start waking up this power of stem cells and other benefits of this intermittent hypoxia. So we do it to music. The music makes it much more fun, enjoyable. We get incredible results uh, with just the 22 minutes. But when you do it with a protocol with long sessions, profound changes, especially with a guided meditation over the top, which is designed to take you into different states of mind. And it's really good for strengthening the nervous system and, and um, dealing with the past, letting go of the past and embracing the future. So yeah, and becoming very present with what you want. Wonderful, wonderful.
So Neeraj, you know, we have uh, like, uh, since you know that we also have a cancer healer center where we mm. uh, take care of cancer patients, we heal cancer patients via immunotherapy and various methods. So right. a lot of patients, they also deal with, uh, you know, obviously fear, negative impressions and scarcity. I mean, things like SOMA should be uh, helpful for them. What do you think? I think so. I think um, we actually have a cancer doctor in um, Imperial College who's doing a, helping us create a study right now uh, from London. Uh, she's, she thinks this is a great uh, tool to help people with cancer as well. And actually, if you look at the Prakash Marsh's study uh, on the Kumbhaka technique, so Nishesha Rachaka is the technique where you're holding your breath longer than you normally can, right? which is what we just did. And it's known to work on the uh, trigger, initiate the P53 guardian of the genome, which prevents cancer. Okay, yeah. so this is one of the, the, the benefits of this is it can probably hopefully prevent it. Now the problem is when you get cancer. So cancers are very complicated subjects, you know, very, it's, there's many different ish aspects to it. And, you know, there's a emotional side to it there's also uh, physical uh, problems you know that you have to deal with so it's the point that we try to do is to help people before they get to that point if you do get cancer then you need much deeper uh, you know kind of uh, regimen however our uh, cancer doctor uh, or she she says that this could be very powerful also for people who have suffered from cancer but there may be some types of cancer that you need to be careful with because you're suppressing um, oxygen. Yeah. You know, so in, that's the bit that you'd need to, as a doctor, you need to um, bear in mind. Uh, that's in certain types of cancer. But on the whole, I think it can be very beneficial. And uh, also it helps people deal with the emotions. And just rhythmic breathing, breathing in a perfect rhythm, is a great way to switch off the stress response and Absolutely. bring people into more um, health, healthy, happy kind of state of being, which is going to be beneficial for a cancer. The next question we have is, uh, you know, does breathing also works good with your gut health? You spoke about immunity, but what about the gut health? So basically, we are like actually more microbial cells than we are human cells. We have three times the amount of microbial cells and they mostly, most of them work in harmony, synergy with our normal cells, human cells. And, you know, even in the, the Vedic philosophy, we have different layers of mind, consciousness. You know, and arguably they were talking about part of the auric field actually being the gut microbiome, the consciousness of the gut microbiome. So um, when you have a, a healthy emotional state, mental state, I believe it encourages good bacteria to thrive. And so breathing techniques, if you follow the right techniques, helps with that. However, there's one, also one technique. It's not really a breathing technique as such, but it's Kati Mudra. Kati Mudra, okay. Okay, it's actually kat, kat, kati, uh, kati comes from crow, the word crow for crow. And they observe crows. Crows are birds that live longer than most other birds, free of diseases. And they do this weird thing where they like jut their beaks out like that, like that. And they, it's like they're drinking air, okay? Mm -hmm. And this is a drinking air technique, okay? So when you drink air, into the esophagus so the way you do it is you basically stick your it's like you make a hip hiccup like this you swallow and you gulp air into your belly through your esophagus and oxygen kills anaerobic bacteria and it's primarily the bad bacteria in your gut is anaerobic so it, it, thr it they thrive in the absence of oxygen yes so basically when you consume oxygen like that and actually colon clinics they use certain treatments that actually puts oxygen into the bowels to kill bad bacteria that's how it works but you can do it yourself 
And what it does is it fills your gut with air and you do certain techniques like inversions, yoga inversions. Okay, and what it does is it brings oxygen into the bowel, into the intestines, and it cleanses the bowels, it detoxes the bowels of, of um, bad bacteria. And in the Himalayas, they say that this is the most re- like special technique for longevity because it kills the things that kills us, which is the bad bacterial overgrowth. So when you can take care of your gut microbiome, and what it also does, it promotes the growth of good bacteria. So what, what, according to the Vedic system, you'd do is you'd fast one or two times a week, religiously. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you can also intermittent fast during the day. So you'd have a day off from eating, and you do this Kati Mudra technique. And what, when you get oxygen to the bowels, what it also does is it satiates the appetite. It stops you from feeling hungry. In fact, just a few gulps of air, you can relieve even heartburn and, and, and excess acid that's caused from being super hungry. And actually, hunger can also be triggered by bad bacteria, which is thriving off sugar. So yeah. if you're somebody who suffers from very strong hunger pangs and heartburn all the time, it's usually because you've got ox- uh, bad bacteria in your bowels, like H. pylori. So doing this, fasting and using this technique, okay, and also masala chai without sugar, which has lots of cardamom, cloves, ginger. When you slurp it, when you drink it like very hot tea like that, you know, like you see the Indian on the street, they slurp the tea. And the British would say it's very rude and not, it's not like, it was, it's a good thing. What they're doing is they're slurping in oxygen mixed with um, these uh, uh, spices and herbs that creates a good bacterial flora and it kills germ bad germs you're slurping like that and it brings oxygen in and it's really good for digestion so my recommendation is to spend one day off a week slurping tea and drinking oxygen into the bowels using this kati mudra we take we teach this in in our soma courses how to do it properly yeah and i do not know there is so much of uh, science it's good to know that even slurping tea is so much uh, beneficial and uh, yes I, i'm sure gulping in the oxygen works wonders and also we have a lot of microbiomes in our tongue so i'm sure it works something around that as well yes indeed so yeah, they, they knew all of this. They knew all of this um, thousands of years ago. We're just remembering, we're just, I'm just retelling what the ancients told in a different language. I'm just bringing it in yeah. with the science and English. A big, big thank you for all those who managed to listen to the end of the session, sending you warm wishes and good health. If this podcast has in any way motivated you to embrace your health, wellness and lifestyle, then don't forget to like, follow and subscribe to this channel. I love reading your comments, so don't hesitate and please send me your reviews, love and support. If you wish me to have some special guests over then, please drop their name in the comment section below. My team will make the magic happen for you. I will meet you in the next podcast with another amazing topic for you. Dr. D is now signing off. Until we meet again, stay healthy, live consciously and love endlessly.